Oh, there we go. So good to see all your faces here for our single service this Sunday. And I think we made the right decision to pack everyone in. Um, it's just warmer too as well, so that's, that's a good thing. Hey, um, we're actually uh, in a, th- a four-week expansion series at the moment as well. Next week, we are taking up our expansion offering. And so I, before I get into the, my uh, message today, I just want to kind of highlight a few things that we're doing. And actually, on your way out today, if you're interested, uh, you can grab some more information about what you could sow into and what um, plans we have here for uh, expansion um, so first up, I think we've got a PowerPoint. There we go. Um, so we have, uh, in our expansion offering, there's kind of like two halves. And um, we've got uh, the, the first half really is our missional giving. And so we, we are all about local and international mission giving. And you can see up there for yourself, 24-7 youth workers. We actually would love to add another one to um, our, our, yeah. Yeah, has it got two there? yeah. I keep seeing your three, and I'm like, Trinity, what is this? Yeah, so we do have, we actually have three workers. We'd love to have four. Um, and, and wouldn't that be great? I, I went to a 24-7 youth workers gathering um, in Christchurch this week. There were testimonies from teenagers sharing about what the difference um, the, the youth workers had made in their lives, and I was weeping, and I was moved, and I was like, we don't need one. We need 10 more in Rangiura High. But anyway, we, we um, are a part of their funding as well, so... Um, it is a wonderful work. Thrive Helps, Kingdom Brotherhood and Sisterhood. This is what JT and Rachel, their ministry with um, down here on uh, Monday nights. And we just love what's going on in that. And so we want to get in behind and support that ministry um, that's new to us this, this year. We want to continue with um, Fantel Studios as well. And Jared's coming to minister in a couple of weeks. And uh, so, yeah, we're excited about those ministries. Now, the other half of um, what we're doing, and so we actually have a we have a budgeted goal of about thirty four thousand dollars for those ministries. Um, we've actually got ten thousand dollars that we can carry over from last year into that. So we're believing for twenty four thousand dollars for our missions, our local and international missions offerings. Do you think we can do that, church? I think we can do that. I think that I mean we've got a light to shine here, right? And then for anything that's over and above that $34,000, we're going to put towards, um, next slide, expanding this this space, this, yeah, this building. And so that's that's cool. I hear your enthusiasm there. Uh, we purchased this building last week. We have a mortgage last year, uh, and we have a mortgage with that. And no, didn't you know about the other building I was talking about? Um, no. And so, yeah, we're going to do this in a couple of phases. First phase is that we'd love to get offices out the front and just kind of demo all the front and take that to the road, have a nice entryway. That's not necessarily how it's going to be, but it's that's a work in process, right? So we're going to have some office space, and that means we can demo this back wall here and we can take the auditorium back. Ultimately, we'd like to put a foyer in the driveway area. So that's that's kind of where we're heading. We feel like we just need to keep making room for Jesus and for others to come along into this incredible church. And so that requires us stretching out our tent pegs, right? Like stretching out. And so I know that actually thinking about and considering giving in an expansion offering can be a stretch for us, right? It can be a stretch of our faith. I want to ask you over this coming week to partner with Jesus. Don't just partner with your imagination or just where you're at. Just say, hey, Jesus, are you asking me to contribute to this? Spend some time with the Holy Spirit. 
thinking about that, praying about, like, if you're obedient with $1, praise Jesus. And he puts that in your heart. If you're obedient with $200,000, praise Jesus. You know, like, that's how we do. We just praise Jesus. Uh, And so just, I mean, the thing is, we want to encourage you to be obedient to his voice. Um, and so that takes an engagement of faith. And so we, we believe God has got incredible things ahead for this church and for this community. And it's our time uh, to arise and shine in this hour. And uh, one of our key verses this year, you know, we are all about be the light. This is our theme for the year. I love this scripture here. It says this in John 8 uh, verse 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Church, I want to remind you that you have the light of life today. You have the light of life that overcomes darkness. You will not walk in darkness. You are leading others into light. Let's just pray together before I start uh, this word this morning. Jesus, uh, we just... We just come to you today. Uh, We thank you for your word. We thank you for your anointing in this place today. God, we just thank you for this beautiful sense of freedom, uh, that you're all about freeing captives. Uh, You're all about recovery. And we, we thank you, Father, today for your spirit moving in this place. We just thank you for your spirit just, just hitting, alighting upon your word and that your word would be revealed to us in new ways. And we want to give you honor and glory today in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to, um, I want to start today just with sharing a dream. And I've got, I've, I do have the word as well, but I want to share a dream that I had um, on the, it was about the 20th of November last year. Um, and... And I had this dream, and I knew it was a God dream. You know, I can discern what's what's not a God dream, what it, what is a God dream. And I actually have run this dream past quite a few different people to see what they thought of it. Um, so I share this today with you, with a sense of like, actually, this this is God. This has got God's hand on it. Um, and so you could take it or leave it, but this is what I'm bringing, and I've got the microphone. So here we go. Uh, and it's, it's not huge, but anyway, it's got a point. So in, in this dream, I'm uh, situated in the front seat, front passenger seat of a car. And what I think is actually a wedding car. And there's someone crying behind me. There's someone crying uh, in behind me. And I turn around and I see this newly married couple on the back seat. And this couple actually, uh, the, well, the husband is actually really well known in New Zealand politics. And his wife is weeping, and the, and the husband is doing his best to console her and comfort her. He's got his arm around her, but she is completely inconsolable. Um, and, and he looked at me in confusion as though, can you do anything to help? And, and But she's just distraught and weeping, and that was the end of my dream. And it was like one of those dreams that was in high def. I was like, man, God's saying something here and I spent um you know I actually thought there was a pastoral thing at first I was like oh man something must have happened in their marriage early on I want to pray for them and you know just make sure they're okay and but as I just sought God over it I just you know I felt like there was something more on it and um after two weeks I I asked God again I said what what about that dream what what are you saying to me and this this immediately dropped into my spirit 
See, the political spirit will never be able to comfort the bride of Christ. The political spirit will never be able to comfort the bride of Christ. And vehicles, you know, in dreams, they speak of, of ministries. And, and this bride had been looking for comfort in the ministry of government. But what she really need was, needed was the ministry of Christ, found only in the marriage to Christ. And this is a bit of a prophetic word today, I believe, for the church. But the church can only be all she is, being, is called to become when she is joint only to Christ, when she is married fully and completely to Christ, not just in word, but in action and in heart. And, and I want to say as a caveat, you know, can Christians be influential in political matters? Absolutely. Um, they, do, they need to, do we need to be advocates? Absolutely. We need to have passionate interests in government. And yeah, we, need to, we only need to think of legends such as Martin Luther King, William Wilberforce. When you look in the Old Testament, we see Daniel there serving a wicked king. Um, like in a political climate, you can do a biblical study on that. And I love how Daniel went in there with a full heart to serve a wicked king. It's, it's incredible. Revelation 22 verse 17 says this, The Spirit and the Bride say come. Now, just if you're unfamiliar with church types, when I say bride, we're talking about the bride of Christ. We're talking about the church. We're talking about the, the, the body of Christ when I'm talking about the bride. And so, sorry, you guys today, uh, actually, you've got to see yourself as the bride, all right? Is that all right? You're just like it's not, it's not normal. It's not like I don't want. I'm like masculine. You could, yeah. Anyway, but I'll stop there. But he's saying everyone is the bride. Every every church is the bride of Christ. So the spirit and the bride say, "Come," and let the one who hears say, "Come," and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without cost. Let the spirit. And the bride say, come. See, this planet needs a church that is resonating with the Spirit of God. This is the call of, of the church and Christ to the thirsty, to the weary. You know, we're saying in unity with the Spirit of God, come, come into the house. Come and receive life. Come and receive wholeness. Come and receive restoration. Come on, you know, before Jesus's ministry, before he launched his ministry, John the Baptist, he had a message that was resonating with the times, right? His ministry was pumping. He was creating headlines as well. It's like, you know, go to the wilderness, get baptized, see the guy who's wearing crazy clothes and eats honey and locusts. And, and they were, people were coming to hear this fiery message, this voice in the wilderness to repent and to be baptized. And then one day, though, things started changing in his ministry. And some of John's disciples came to him and he said, Hey, John, do, do you know that this, about this guy called Jesus? He's, he's attracting bigger crowds than you are. And, and John responds, uh, he responded here and I've got the scripture for you in John 3 27 and it says a person John replied and he said a person can only receive what is given them from heaven 
You yourselves can testify that I said, I'm not the Messiah, but I'm ahead of him. The bride, the church, the people of God belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine. He's, he's the friend, right? John's saying, I'm the friend. That voice is mine, and it is now complete. This was the, coming near the end of his, his, his ministry life, really. He, and then he said, he must, this is Christ, he must become greater, and I must become less. And John is stating in this passage that I'm just the friend, right? And, and this bride, this girl, this, this beautiful girl, you know, this is not mine to hold on to. I'm not even going to try and be the third wheel in this relationship. I must decrease so that he can increase. And John understood and was willing to step aside because Jesus could only be the one who could ever fully comfort his bride. And I can just see, and we can all see that over the last few years, the church, the, the bride of Christ has faced this turbulence, there's been grief, and there's been times of, you know, when you look at the last kind of two or three years, times of disconnection, dishonor, confusion, shame, and, and, and when I'm, I'm talking about the bride of Christ, right, the, the church, it's all like, what's going on here? And some of it's been self-inflicted, some of it's come externally, and it's like almost in this last few years, the church has been in an identity crisis, <laughs> And in some places, it's like the bride has been looking in the wrong places for comfort. And let me just say one more thing about that political spirit. You know, it wants to lead us into idolizing and relying on worldly leaders, government figures, and political parties. And it can only deceive us into replacing Jesus with human saviors. And so this church, the beautiful bride has been in a place of turmoil, I've seen anyway, not everyone, not every church, but looking for comfort, security, vindication, validation, and, and in some ways has been asking, who am I? Who am I? But you know, we need to be asking, whose am I? <laughs> whose am I? Yeah, Jesus. Oh, that's who we belong to. You know, and before COVID was a thing, Jesus in advance, right? He is the Alpha and the uh, the Alpha and the Omega. He's also an Alpha. <laughs> um, he had seen the last two years and allowed his church to walk right into it. And through these last few years, you know, there's been some turmoil, but I believe the body of Christ has been refined. He's not protected the church from this. He said, "Church, come on, let's walk." through this and I believe that in this hour this is a time of restoration of identity in, as being sons and daughters of Christ as being true sons and daughters of the father because we're never going to know who we are until we know whose we are right and maybe there's some people here today and you don't know who you are you don't know where you fit in you don't know how you belong to this world and that only gets started when you know that you're a child of God when that you know that you are, have been created, you know, beautifully designed by Father God. 
that you are, you know, that you are, you, you're here for a call and for, a, for a, a purpose in this life and a cause in this life. And so many people are looking for happiness to kind of like fill that, fill that space. But actually, once we've found a call and a cause to live by, all that joy, man, that comes with a cause. You know, uh, recently, I took Josiah to see uh, a movie, a kid's movie, it was, yeah. And we were a little bit early, and, uh, and there were only two other people actually in the cinema at, at the time. And, and, you, and we walk up to the row, and you wouldn't believe it, but these, these two people are actually sitting in our seats. <laughs> I'm like, what? There are so many other seating options. Why did you have to create this awkward moment? And, and I'm thinking, well, we're early. Other people are going to come in, and I'm going to be sitting in their seat. And then what if, what's going to happen here? It's just going to be more awkward. So I was like, well, there's no one here. I was just sort of like, I'm going to kindly just point out to them that they're sitting in our seats. And they, and they realize, that, oh, you're sorry. We're sitting in the wrong row. And so they got up, and they walked down the aisle. And then as they're walking back up the aisle, I noticed that the lady is using crutches. And I'm like, oh, no. I made that lady move and she was wearing crutches and and um and 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 so I, I was like oh I'm so I'm so sorry and 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 she sits down at that point and she says well it's not you know it's not the crutches that are bad and then she lifts up her 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 leg and and she's actually just got one leg as well and I'm like oh man I'm just dying at this point <laughs> and she's laughing at me so we were good I didn't have to go, do you want some popcorn? Uh, oh, man, it was so awkward. But, you know, we just don't know what's going on in people's lives. You know, hopefully you can spot whether someone's got one leg or not. But <laughs> we just don't know, though, what kind of levels of pain people are dealing with because of just this last two years right? Because how their lives have been impacted, because of, you know, before those last two years. People are struggling in life with various dimensions of pain, and you know, everyone has a story, and everyone's story is their story. Your story is valid. Each one of our, you know, we can all, we've all got a journey that we had to face, we had to overcome, whether it was a Goliath, whether it was a loss or something like that. And we can often, you know, as Christians, I think, especially like look at someone else who's worse off than us and disqualify ourselves and go like, oh, my pain's not that much. That's not much of a deal. This person here is going through so much more than me. And, you know, I just want to reassure someone here today that just because there are people that have gone through harder things than you have, that that does not disqualify you from actually identifying the fact that you've got pain in your life that things have hurt, that you've felt unsettled, that you've felt disorientated. That, and that, was, that, that hurt. You know, that was a struggle. You've actually been through a struggle in this last time. And, and we know, though, that whether there is pain and whether there is discomfort, there, are, there is an invitation for the comforter. All pain and discomfort, all brokenness is an invitation for Jesus to come to and to bring healing and, and restoration. And, you know, over the last couple of months, like, I've been on a bit of a journey in my, in my own world as well. And 
And God has been speaking to me about some of the stuff that I thought I'd kind of gotten over, dealt with, been healed up from, and been able to just kind of like go, that was then, this is now. I'm a new creation. You know? <laughs> you know? Thank you. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that I've had to kind of like feel some of the loss and the pain in the last five or six years again. And I've had to go, Jesus, am I just, do I have to deal, do I have to go around the mountain again with this? And he's like, yep, you can go around the mountain again with me. But, you know, every time we go around the mountain, we're going a little higher. Maybe it's a little less raw. But just because if you feel like at this time you're going around the mountain again, I don't, I, that's a good thing. <laughs> if, you're really, if, you're, if you're willing to face the mountain as well. And to walk around the mountain with Jesus. You know, any loss that we've not grieved through with Jesus into wholeness, it just does remain as an unhealed thing, bruise, break on our soul. We need Him in our pain. He's the one that heals us, right? He really is. So Jesus, He wants to love the hell out of us. <laughs> I love that thought. He really does. He wants, like, literally take it out of our lives. Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What a beautiful example of what, you know, marriage is, laying, men laying our lives down for our wives as Christ loved the church. But we're looking at this is that actually Christ loved the church and gave himself up to it, just as, hey, hey guys, you know, like, that's a given. You just need to do that. Uh, <laughs> Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Like this is... This is what Jesus wants to minister into his church. He wants to purify, to refine, to, you know, everything that is hurting, everything that is just, you know, distracting from being beautiful, Jesus wants to refine in his church. He wants to res restore the church's identity. Ephesians 3, 10 says this, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, manifold means many and various. And so I give you these two scriptures because on one hand, Jesus wants to just, he wants to bless and love and refine and, you know, he wants to get his church ready, right? <laughs> so that his intention of the church, this manifold wisdom, this multifaceted beauty, this display of his heart would actually show rulers and authorities in heavenly realm his brilliance and his goodness and his light and his, his intent that he would shine through his church. And so I've got to ask, you know, we've got to ask ourselves, where does that leave us today? Where does that leave his bride? I hope that we're available to him. 
I hope that we're available for him to be able to go, hey, see that wrinkle? You need to get a filler on that wrinkle. <laughs> you need to iron that thing out. That is a wrinkle. That spot, that spot, that's not, that spot's not in heaven. You've got to surrender that spot to me. Are we allowing him to speak into our lives to bring purifying love and, and, and chastement to us individually? so that we can become ready to express this manifold wisdom that he's calling us to express, right? I hope we're available to him. I hope that the bride isn't off looking for another savior, another voice in the wilderness. You know, John said, I'm not the Christ. I need to move out of the way. We, uh, I believe, are in just such a desperate need of the fresh move of the spirit of god that's what i believe we just need a fresh we need a fresh move of the spirit of god in acts 1 jesus said this for john baptized with water but you will be baptized with the holy spirit and this isn't a disqualification from water baptism at all at all but this is that that there's a greater baptism for his church to enter into this is a complete immersion of his spirit of the Spirit of God. I wonder if we can have the band up just now. Thank you, Jesus. I just wonder if we could all stand actually in this moment. You know, the Spirit of God just... He reveals the heart of Christ. It's a beautiful picture because Jesus came so the Holy Spirit could be here as well. And the Holy Spirit wants to love His church like crazy wants to love His church. I love Romans 5. It says that the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that He's given us. The love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that He has given us. You know, there's no other comfort that will suffice the love of God. There's no other ideology. There's no boy or girl. There's no other way that we could get fulfilled in our life other than allowing the love of Christ to wash over us, through us, to be in the full immersion of his presence. John 15, verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit on itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me.